So ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Welcome to the Wellness Cast. I'm Joe Bankman, a professor at Stanford Law School and a psychologist. My partner on these podcasts is Sarah Weinstein, a lawyer turned therapist and external director of the Wellness Project here. Our guest today is Robin Walzer. Robin is an author and leading authority on acceptance and commitment therapy, often referred to as ACT. Robin is also a clinical assistant professor at UC Berkeley and assistant director of training at the VA National Center for PTSD. Our podcast with Robin is divided into three segments of about 10 minutes each. Welcome to the Wellness Cast, Robin. Thank you, Sarah and Joe. Glad to be here. Hi, Robin. I'm Sarah Weinstein. Thank you so much for being here today to talk with us about ACT. Before we get there, though, one of our goals for the podcast is to normalize the difficult emotions we all experience. And to make that real, we like to begin by asking our guests to share a hard moment. Uh, sure. So one of the uh, hard moments that I've had in my uh, working life and personal life uh, was a time when my brother had multiple strokes and uh, they were, it was in his occipital lobe. He lost his vision and uh, also had a bit of uh, cognitive impact and needed care. And he moved in uh, with uh, my husband and I, and it was a real challenge. I was working 10 to 12-hour days and then coming home and needing to assist my brother in all kinds of activities, just daily care activities like eating and showering and it made for a very long day and I would be get very stressed sometimes be quite tearful other times feel like I couldn't move throughout the day like I was so exhausted and experienced a fair amount of internal turmoil around needing to pursue my career and very much valuing helping my brother and so I uh, found the stress of that experience uh, powerful and impactful in both my personal and work life. Well, thank you for sharing that, Rob. And I'm, I'm thinking of how hard that must be and thinking here you are somebody who is an authority, if there's ever an authority on how to deal with things like stress. But the fact is things happen to us all that are going to be really difficult to deal with. Yes, that's so true. I think in some sense, we want to believe that the professional and the personal can be completely separate, but it's a bit of an artificial construct. And I think often there's intrusions into both places that, um, you know, are just very challenging, but of course, universal. So thank you very much for sharing that, Robin. Robin, when I thought of this wellness cast, I asked friends in the therapy and academic community for names of people I should have on the show. You were the first person named. Uh, your book on ACT sits on most therapists' bookshelves, but I bet our listeners have never heard of acceptance and commitment therapy. Can you tell us what it's about? 
Sure. Uh, first, uh, thank you. I'm honored that I was the first person uh-huh. named. That's really terrific uh, and a little surprising, but happy to, to be in that position. And um, yes, let me just say a little bit about acceptance and commitment therapy, what ACT is about. It, first, I want to distinguish it from some of the routine therapies that uh, are typically out on the, I guess I would say, market today. It is under the umbrella of cognitive behavioral therapy. So it is a CBT, uh, but is more focused on the behavioral aspect and less uh, time is spent targeting cognitive intervention or addressing the way you think. It's not that cognitions aren't important inside the therapy. Uh, It's that we're interested in the function of thoughts, not the form of thoughts. And I can say more about that if if you'd like. But with that as a backdrop, the work that you're doing in acceptance and commitment therapy as a therapist is helping clients to open up to internal experience, being with emotions, thoughts, and sensations in um, an acceptance-based way. So there's no internal experience that you have that can't be felt and sensed. Also, while doing this, we want folks to really be thinking about what's important to them in terms of what they care about. So the commitment part of the therapy has to do with bringing your values to life. And so we want folks to engage in activities that are values-based and create meaning for themselves. So there's three words that describe the therapy broadly. It's open, aware, and engaged. So Be present with your emotional experience and thought experience, know your values, and choose on an ongoing basis how it is that you want to be in the world creating your own meaning. I really appreciate that explanation, Robin. As Joe knows, I am not a CBT therapist. I was trained more in the psychodynamic tradition and prefer to work that way. But what did resonate with me about your explanation and is definitely consistent with the way I work is that you encourage people to remain open to and aware of their own experience. And I know that that is consistent with one of the steps in ACT, which is accept thoughts and feelings. I wonder if you might talk a little bit more about that and also the other two steps of ACT, choose directions and take action. We live in a social context wherein the goal of mental health is generally speaking, happiness. And so much of our struggle with ourselves is about trying to eliminate thoughts and feelings that we don't like, uh, that we see as negative, so that we can have a more positive internal experience. Now, there's nothing wrong with seeking happiness. I wouldn't say that. It's that often we sacrifice our sense of happiness in the battle with our own internal experience. So for instance, if I have the thought about myself that I'm not okay or that I'm worthless or that I'm incompetent or I'm not measuring up, then I can get in a full-on struggle with that thought and end up uh, 
in an internal dialogue with myself about how I need to focus on getting rid of those kinds of experiences and bringing in other experiences. Now, uh, the problem with this is that there are um, a paradox that there is a paradox that happens when we try not to have thoughts and feelings. Uh, an example might be where a person is saying, I just need to not think about this. I need to get it out of my mind. I need to think positive. Well, from that perspective, what you're doing is actually contacting the negative thought that you're trying to get rid of. So, for instance, if I don't want to have the thought, I'm incompetent, I have to know that thought, I have to contact it in order to try to eliminate it. And so you actually grow the time that you spend battling your negative thoughts, and it pulls you away from creating meaning. And we get into this stance of once I feel better, then I'll live better. And the battle with your thoughts and feelings begins and the values-based life that you wanted ceases. It stops. It's a little bit like don't think of a pink elephant in the room. And all you're thinking of is a pink elephant. Exactly. And it happens with memories, um, thoughts, even happens with emotions. And so you're right on target. If I'm saying to myself, don't think about that memory or that conversation or that difficult experience, then what I'm doing is I'm actually thinking about it. I have to think about it in order to know that I don't want to think about it. And so, yeah, saying don't think of a pink elephant brings a pink elephant to mind. Yes, trying to keep the pink elephant away as you're saying, it not only brings it up, but it also seems to be creating an internal tug of war. And what I think I heard you say, and maybe you can talk a little more about this because it feels important, is that that internal tug of war is coming at a cost. The cost is having other meaningful, different thoughts and engaging in other meaningful activities. Yeah, I'll I'll actually link it to choosing directions and taking action, which were uh, part two and three of the question that you asked. And that's when we get involved in trying to control our emotions and thoughts, we lose the rest of the world in a sense. We sort of drop into ourselves and forget that, you know, we're in the world and we're engaged. And so that's what Uh, choose directions and take action is about is that we want to have people be mindfully aware of their internal experience. It's not damaging to feel things or to think things and to define their values or choose a direction that they want to go in their lives. So we have people sort through um, what it is that really matters to them, love, belonging, kindness, integrity, authenticity, and then take actions with respect to those particular values that they want to engage in. So all three of these things come together, accept your internal experience, choose your values, choose a direction, and take action on those. And we want, if I can just um, wrap up by saying one other thing about this is that 
we really want people to recognize that thoughts and feelings and sensations are not problems to be solved. We sort of treat them like math problems and they're in there trying to solve them. They're more like sunsets. They're there to be experienced. And we can experience them and move in values-based directions at the same time. This concludes part one of our wellness cast with Robin Walzer. To hear how ACT handles specific problems, such as anxiety or anger, click on part two of our podcast.